for sure he is. <laughs> and welcome to Freightonomics. Uh, we're back in studio, fresh off of F3 Week. Anthony Smith, Chief Economist here with Head of Freight Market Intelligence, myself, Zach Strickland. Thank you for tuning in today or listening on your podcast player, Anthony. Uh, busy week last it week. was a busy week. <laughs> and I knew it was a busy week when I tried to intro you. And I gave you, uh, I don't know if I called you like You gave me a new title. And I love Sonar. I'm all about changing up my title. Maybe every week. Yeah. We just, just change my title. If it's just like a new title with so, of Sonar. So. And I can like reinvent, my, reinvent myself yes. a little bit. Yes. I every mean, that's week. that's what people are all doing throughout the pandemic. Reinventing themselves. You know, the great resignation. And that seems to be coming to a... Yeah, we're always, we're always changing something. We've got new themes all the time. And this one... Uh, I, I don't know if we're reinventing our economic situation or not, uh, you know, recession or no, we're, we're never really sure anymore. But the, uh, you know, we're, we're heading into the freight market peak season yeah. here in a few weeks. And, uh, you know, sometimes it starts now. Sometimes it starts mid-November. Sometimes it's right around Thanksgiving. Who knows? And peak season, of course, defined by really what is a volatility in the freight market rather than like a pure like growth in demand. It's not necessarily we're seeing surging volumes, although there are at times spiking volumes from the retail sector as a lot of uh, freight moves getting in position for uh, in-store inventories and things like that. Not surprisingly, doesn't look like that's going to be a thing this year. Now, there's sure to be some expedited moves and whatnot, but a lot of inventory is already in place. Yeah. They, they spent the past two years over-ordering. So. 100%. And I can definitely attest to, I'm sure, a lot of people watching right now. And also, if you see me looking down, I now, Zach, I got my internet up and working. Look so at you. Look at me being technologically savvy. I'm looking down at LinkedIn. So if you want to jump in, and thank you so much for tuning in at our new time, because we used to be at noon. Now we are live at yeah. 1130 every Thursday, Eastern Standard Time. So I'm looking down. If you want to join in on the conversation, feel free to join in on the chat. You want to prove Zach wrong, prove me wrong, join in. If you want to make a point, whatever, cancel Zach, cancel me, whatever it is, join in on the conversation. We appreciate to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. We always love a spirited debate uh, here on Freightonomics. And, and shout outs to our guests last week, Daniel Nixon and uh, Aya uh, Bande uh, Amati yes. <laughs> uh, for, for showing up. Be sure to check that episode out. They had a lot of good insight there, both around the, uh, she's an economist, mm -hmm. and he, of course, uh, works in onshore and labor market is yeah. still kind of a weird space. It's right? a very weird space. <laughs> I mean, we got new numbers from even conflicting reports, of course, from like the last uh, up unemployment update, then the job openings number, then the participation rate. So there's a lot of different movements in different directions. Then we got in this job screen this morning, um, but both of them very, very uh, amazing guests. Aya was out of this world. Um, For sure. <laughs> and if you haven't gotten in touch or gotten to know her content, I definitely recommend it over at Transfix. Yeah, Transfix. Perhaps to say that. Well, let's get things rolling here. Uh, enough chit chat let's get to the market in two because this is going to set the table uh yeah. for what we're going to discuss for the majority of the show here uh gotta let everybody know what's going on in the freight market and why we're about to discuss what we're discussing cycling down we're seeing continued erosion in the economy you know i, I don't know why we're debating it at this point it seems like a foregone conclusion but uh let's define what this cycle is and where we are in it with this market in two anthony you want to count me in definitely and three two one. 
All right, let's start things off with probably my favorite index uh, that we have here at Freight. Freight Waves, the outbound tender volume index counts the total tenders uh, submitted from shippers to carriers primarily. And we see there in the white line, the current year, it's surrounded by all the years around it, that freight market volatility we like to talk about uh, being on display here. We see a huge downstep uh, last week in the, uh, the outbound tender volume index, indicating that we are seeing another step down in demand, aggregate demand. Uh, a little concerning here. This one's 6 7% uh, week-over-week change, uh, the strongest downward and fastest downward inflection since earlier in the year. Um, not a good sign leading into November, <laughs> Anthony Smith. Uh, let's move to the next chart. Let's look at the contract load accepted volume. Now, this is an index of accepted only tenders. This takeaway here, like notice how they were a lot more disparate from, you know, OTVI was had a huge space year over year. This one a little bit more compressed versus the previous two years, and that's because we're counting accepted only tenders. Over the last uh, couple of months, we've seen a huge separation there from the previous year in blue, uh, basically a theoretical ceiling of accepted volumes there, 16% down. In October, we were about 12. In June, we were like one and a half. So accelerated discrepancy from our year-over-year volumes. Next chart, I want to show you the IOTI, Inbound Ocean TUs Index, another indicator of eroding demand. Uh, this one was kind of flat month over month, September to October, but, uh, you know, we had that spike for Golden Week there, but still another indication that we are still cooling off. It is flattening a little bit. We're hitting that floor somewhat. Last but not least, the NTIF, the forecasted spot rate index, NTIF, that we just released showing an extremely unimpressive peak there in the dotted line. What a chart to end on <laughs> yeah. with that NTI. And um, I did it on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I did it on purpose because that is our new uh, forecasted uh, spot market index that takes into account all of our you know, trusted rate assessment consortium. Uh, loads over 250 miles, uh, so long haul spot freight rate direction. And normally what you would see in that index, and I, I was on the round table yesterday and Bill had another couple of guests on today talking about muted peak seasons and, and what that means. Uh, you can see there that there is just, peak season is called peak season because of this uh, value right here. Mm. Normally you look back, you see these peaks and spot rates and you've got uh, a lot of direct to spot market influence there, expedited freight moving. And this index takes that into account <laughs> and it's saying, nah, <laughs> <laughs> nah not so not, much. Not happening. But Zach, <laughs> one of the, a point that I, I want to bring up that you made, I think probably I don't remember time anymore because what is time? Um, the construct. Shout out to Dame, Dame Willis over at FreightWaves here. <laughs> uh, but uh, one of the big things that uh, really that you brought up um, some time ago was around really people getting more efficient um, when we saw this influx of volumes really flowing throughout the country. Yeah. People really became more efficient. So we're seeing some downward movement in volumes with the efficiency aspect in there, downward movement and rejections with that effic efficiency aspect in there. We've gotten used to being able to operate at a high level and we're seeing a lot of these rejections start to come down. And so we've made some improvements in the supply chain over the last, you know, year and a half. As hard so. as that may be to believe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, we for a lot a, of us. A long way to go. Yeah. yeah, no, efficiency has been a thing. Obviously, the 
market is constantly trying to move towards equilibrium. That's where the gravity is. It doesn't mean that it sticks there very long. Normally, we move right through it yeah. uh, and then go into the other side of the equation where it is in uh, you know, some form of imbalance. And that's kind of what we're seeing here. We're, we're, we'll eventually get back to some inefficiency uh, as, we're, as we're accustomed to. But for now... Looks like the next 28 days, kind of depressing. And if you if you didn't see the uh, the chart at the very end, so it forecasts 28 days out. Wow. There's a big, strong drop right after the Thanksgiving. dotted line. Yeah, yeah. like that. It, that actually dips to an annual low. <laughs> not not something you would expect this time of year uh, for the spot market. So, um, yeah. So and, and backing into one of the macro updates because it was a busy week mm-hmm. um, with GDP. Uh, one of the big things that we saw in that report was that there was indeed some consumer spending going on, mm-hmm. but it all shifted. Essentially, we saw negative movement um, or negative results for consumers on durable goods yep. while there was growth for services. So that aspect of shift and prioritization, because for a while, it's like consumers, you know, we'll just do both. You know, we'll, we'll lean a little bit heavier to service, but we'll just do both. But right now we're still seeing, even on a lagging quarterly result like GDP, that consumers are and have been switching over from those uh, goods to services. And that's another nuance between this cycle and previous cycles. We haven't had this type of, you know, transitionary state before. I mean, maybe in some form or fashion, there's pieces of it you can apply to previous kind of recessionary uh, periods of time, although we're no longer in a recession, <laughs> thanks to the services you just mentioned. Yes. Uh, for, the, for the goods economy, though, very different experience right now, correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. I mean... And, and you're hearing it, I mean, just on headline items, you know, people preferring travel, things like that still over buying things. And yep. we're seeing a lot of these shippers, a lot of these manufacturers and producers really pushing, hey, we have Black Friday deals starting right now. Don't don't wait. We got exclusive deals starting all month long. Get, get going. And as you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, they have had this inventory. They've been sitting on it for well over a year, most likely in some of these instances. And they're trying to unload it and get rid of some mm-hmm. of it. And those warehouses, I can't wait to have Dr. Zach Rogers back on here to right. talk about some of those inventory levels and warehouses because that's also going to be a big uh, factor in this. We topic. talked about it earlier in the year. Inventory management is going to be the theme of 2022. And yeah. by God, it was. Um, it is. still is. And it looks like it's going to be uh, into early 2023 for sure when Zach, uh, Dr. Zach Rogers comes back <laughs> on here. Hopefully soon uh, we can get to that. So. Let's talk about some of these stories of the week that I picked out here. Uh, first one coming up, uh, Greg Miller, of course, uh, the wondrous maritime coverage that he provides us says, uh, and, and I kind of hit on this during my market updates, uh, after steep September slide, U.S. imports stabilize in October. Uh, yes, it looks like bookings activity did somewhat stabilize. Did we hit a floor? We're right around that. The IOTI is an index. And it started out on January of 2019, which was actually trade war era. Yeah. Uh, we actually had a little bit of a, it was a kind of an elevated period of time. And it starts at 100. We're at 96 mm. <laughs> right now. So in October, we were right around 100. Uh, in September, we were, we dropped to 100. So we're kind of stabilized with bookings activity. Now, the takeaway from this is that shippers have come into kind of a a holding pattern, if you will, in terms of bringing goods into the country. 
the concern here, obviously, they're not expecting these goods to be here before the holidays. So this is kind of like, what are they pulling in at this point? This is stuff that probably isn't going to be in place. I mean, some of it could be easily uh, at this point with the congestion moving away from the ports. But it looks like shippers may actually still have something left in the tank for to keep some freight moving. So it's not like a total dive in this index that we're looking at. Yeah, and I think, um, of course, when we look at this, you know, data, of course, it's goods coming into the U.S., things like that. Um, definitely, we're seeing that there's diminished demand here for goods within the U.S. Um, but when looking at it at a global level, because global demand does shift things as well, mm-hmm. um, we're also seeing, of course, that there's some hardships happening in yeah. a lot of Europe as well. I think a wild card factor potentially could be China um, coming back online. As you know, they've been shut down yeah. for quite some time. If they were to, you know, end their zero COVID policy and kind of reinstate, you know, normal-ish China day-to-day living, does that boost demand? And now does China start consuming more? Or does China's internal, because it's like a black hole over there, you don't really know what's going on, you know, do they have the wherewithal or the, the the financial buying for the consumer base to even spur any type of demand? And if so, will it even put a dent in any of the demand coming from or leaving China? So there's a lot of different wild cards here, but right now it's definitely showing that overall there is an easing for demand. And I think this will be interesting if we do see a baseline or a floor reached here. Yeah, I mean, we had the definition of overheating <laughs> the last two years, those bubbles uh, this is why economists don't like more than 4% growth, right? Mm. <laughs> uh, because inevitably, invariably, you have an overcorrection on the other end of those, you know, 5% growth cycles, right? <laughs> yeah, and in that point you made, I, I think, uh, really at the beginning of the pandemic, even if you have these sudden drops, yeah. it corrects itself yep. in a very overcorrected way or sudden, like you said, increases. That pendulum, man. Yeah. That pendulum analogy, it, it keeps working. Uh, you don't want, like, speed of change mm-hmm. actually has more detrimental impact on our economy than the pure change itself at times. Right. Uh, and that's what we're dealing with, especially on the transportation side, is the speed of change. So I want to move into this article here. Carriers punt on rest of 2022, hopeful for market normalization in 2023. Now, the debate of whether or not we're in a freight recession or not, like, I, I don't even want to, like, start here. This is Basically, all these carriers at Baird's annual global industrial conference in Chicago, Todd Maiden wrote this article, uh, lots of action-packed information from some of the nation's biggest carrier executive teams uh, here. Uh, Basically, all of them say one thing, no peak season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Inventory correction from a lot of their customers. And this is kind of what we've been harping on for the last several months here. So a lot of validation there. Um, But you know, some of the commentary um, from uh, Darren Field, J.B. Hunt, uh, talking about 2020 so far is the most muted version of peak season that I can recall in my career. Uh, We just don't have a significant surge in demand. Um, Derek Leathers, Werner, CEO, uh, from my perspective, it is a very painful time to be a small carrier. Um, And basically all of this comes to one conclusion we're we're in a freight cycle downturn <laughs> yeah um and there's some differences between this downturn and the and the 2019 one and they even point out a few of the nuances here which i find interesting uh one of them that we know uh from our data is that 2019 
consider a very soft year, was actually the result of capacity growth in the industry. Overwhelming capacity growth coming online um, from some of the large fleets and small carriers out there as well. So overall, it was, it was almost like all at once, everything showed up uh, 2018. Uh, and then that led to a very soft 2019. Demand didn't erode. This cycle, almost pure demand destruction. Right. <laughs> because a lot of the fleet growth couldn't happen. That's why used truck prices are 2x of what they were uh, three years ago. And, and there's some interesting ones. So like um, Derek Leather is one of the smartest people in the mm-hmm. industry. So um, definitely a, a, an awesome article to check out by Todd Maiden. Um, makes a pretty, uh, I think, pointed call as yep. to when he sees things really turning around here. Um, so trying to find it here, he, Leather thinks that the truckload market could be back in balance, if not tight, by the middle of 2023. That's relatively soon. And that's my second takeaway from this piece is that overwhelmingly, yeah, Schneider's CFO, Steve Bruffett, even talks about a positive spring. Mm. Uh, they think the market will be back into favorable conditions in the spring. Now, I don't know what they're looking at that makes them think that. I'd love to hear the logic behind it. Um, it's quite possible. I, I certainly don't want doom and gloom, right. <laughs> you know, personally. Uh, but yes, uh, a lot of them think that in, the, in 2023, I think every single one of them uh, that's quoted in this article, now, do you do you feel like this is a or think or have anything that suggests that you think they have reason to believe this is true? I think the biggest thing um, could be potentially is, um, of course, the course of the Fed uh, <laughs> and how they continue to move forward and the reaction to the macro economy. So if we start to see um, continued layoffs, because right now we ha- we've seen stories all over throughout the industry, uh, our industry, um, throughout the macro economy of, you know, layoffs happening, meta, Twitter, then Twitter's like, psych, just kidding, bring some (laughs) of you guys back, all these different things happening. Um, But we haven't seen it quite materialize just yet in the numbers. And Mm -hmm. I don't think we have to wait till the numbers to say, hey, you know, something's going on here. Right. Um, But I think if we see a substantial downward movement in um, this job market, Mm -hmm. and we start to see consumers really kind of in a more, I think, not advantageous place, that thing that could really shift a completely overall the macroeconomic environment. And I think by the time, if this is what Derek Leathers is looking at, I think by the time of mid-2023, we could see a significant shift there. Um, but that would be a lot of different, I think, um, uh, you know, loops to kind of, you know, right. ace through here. So I think uh, I think it's definitely possible. And I'm, I'm I guess we'll wait and see. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know one of the reasons, and, and it is explained in the article here, that Derek is positive about this is because, again, one of the nuances of this market versus 2019 is he insinuates, basically, that we're going to see more consolidation, a quicker consolidation, because of the small carriers being so overly exposed, not just to market shifts, but inflationary pressures, especially those coming from the fuel side. So uh, he cites more than 10,000 net deactivations of operating authorities over the last five weeks as evidence that cost inflation is quickly forcing carriers out of business. Um, So again, this is a supply side correction that he sees coming, not necessarily, uh, you know, a demand recovery. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's part of why he feels like it'll be in balance is uh, the inflationary pressures will eradicate some of that overcapacity uh, moving forward. And I, I think there's a strong case for that. I think we're actually, he's got a strong point that 
capacity is more exposed to eradication in this environment than it ever has been because of the inflationary pressures. Definitely. And I think the point around the small and mid-sized mm-hmm. uh, you know, operations, definitely um, a lot of truth to that because especially if you're a new entrant and, and we talk about this all the time, you got into a mm-hmm. very hot market where you didn't need to be efficient. You know, you could you just had to do something yep. and, and the money started coming in. Now that's completely shifted. That's completely gone. That's not mm-hmm. the same scenario, not the same environment that we're operating in. And there's going to be a lot of individuals that were both new and those that are just not able to hedge themselves or really put themselves in the same position as larger carriers to really protect themselves during these market downturns. Yeah, and I I think they're obviously overexposed. So one last story here, and this is right in line with what the theme is. Uh, Again, back to the the sad news, carriers seem a little bit positive. And I think they have a reason to be because they've also managed themselves a lot better Mm. during this upturn uh, than in years past. And some of that was probably just because they had to (laughs) due to lack of equipment and labor uh, shortages. But anyway, uh, C.H. Robinson to lay off up to 1,200 employees. So... In this article, uh, written by Freightway staff, C.H. <laughs> uh, Robinson Worldwide, basically, and it's not just low-level employees. This is yeah. like a lot of mid-level. This looks like a restructuring almost, and it looks like a timing uh, play here of saying, you know what, we see the economics. It looks like a downturn. We're going to take advantage of that and also change the structure of where we are. You know, Biesterfeld said that, uh, Bob Biesterfeld, CEO, uh, said, you know, we got a little over our skis and we didn't see this market turning as quickly, keyword, quickly <laughs> as it did. He knew it was going to come down. He just didn't know how fast. Yeah. And um, of course, hearts go out to those that are impacted by Never this. Never like to see layoffs. Never like to see it. Um, of course, we've been talking about it potentially happening for some time now. Um, for those of you that are in the industry and you're watching right now, if you go to freightcareers.freightways.com, we have our um, Freight Careers job board there. So mm-hmm. um, we have postings that were up as of today. So um, check that out because um, hopefully you can land on your feet and find something else um, as soon as possible. Yeah, and, and, and we need to hit on the labor market situation. So we're, we haven't seen it truly materialize. Like we're reading these stories, but we haven't seen it truly materialize in these in the numbers just yet, you yeah. know. What, 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 are you, what are your thoughts there on the labor market situation? Because it looks actually okay. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's, um, I think it was in a Daily Watch. I'm not sure if I alluded to it or not, but um, it's, it's unfortunate, not unfortunate that there's just so many job openings, but it's unfortunate to the way that it might be perceived as further fuel for, right. you know, raises in interest rates. Even though we did see a, a slight easing in a sense of uh, the CPI result as of this morning. Um, but right now what we're seeing is, um, I, so I always look at job openings as a lagging indicator. It, mm-hmm. it tells a nice story, but it's a lagging indicator. Right. And you can have tons of openings. And right now we do have a tons of openings, but we also have an easing in a sense in hiring. Hiring has slowed down um, you know, at a notable rate. And so we're seeing that people aren't hiring at the same level. Same time, uh, initial jobs claims up 7,000 for the week, um, up to 225,000 in the latest number. That number, I always say, hey, you know, it is a lag by a week, but it's also a number that can have sudden shifts. It's not unheard of for this thing to jump by 30,000 within a right. week, but not unheard of for it to jump by 25,000 within a week. So that can still be very much a thing. We saw the unemployment rate tick up ever so slightly like by 0.2% from 35 to 3.7. Not too you know, concerning just yet. It's still below 4%, and that's great. But the other big thing is that we saw a downward movement in the participation level. And so we're still seeing that 
even though we're not at this full job population or employed population as we were before the pandemic, the labor market just isn't as strong as it was. Um, another uh, one that we saw real hourly wages down 0.1%, that is huge shift, but just showing that there are these um, uncertain uh, you know, conditions and trends underlying in the employment market and for consumer condition. Yeah, we're starting to see some cracks in, in, the, in the armor here, especially on the labor side. Yeah. Uh, I think it's certainly worth noting, nothing collapsing, which is good news. Uh, but yeah, I think it's- It, it can it, shift quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and maybe that's, that's the writing on the wall is just, you know, but a big theme of F3 was the demographic situation, yeah. you know, and how all these boomers are retiring uh, faster than there's people coming into the workforce. And that's going to be a long-term thing to watch in the future, correct? Correct. And uh, we, maybe we can get Gabrielle Brochea on here mm -hmm. because she did a great job of breaking down how mm -hmm. um, brain drain from not just boomers, but people that did, went through the great resignation just left a full-on industry. Now yep. they're in a new industry. And so there's all these different dynamics happening within the workplace that's going to make, I think, a lot of people lot less efficient. And the efficiency loss. Yeah. When you're changing, when we have this volatile labor market like this, where everybody's changing jobs all the time, extremely inefficient. Talk about productivity loss. We've talked about that in the past. Well, exactly. a lot of things going on still, even though it is an economic downturn, the freight market is softening. Uh, as we speak, muted peak season a thing. Uh, there's still some positive silver lining sitting out there. Uh, it's not completely comparable to the past. They're not completely comparable. Um, and as always, I mean, during downturns, whatever it might be, there are opportunities to grow. It doesn't have to be a recession for you, but go ahead on the still last Very good. Have a great week. Thanks.